So this morning, we're going to just look at something as we are closing our series on the Great Invitation. And the title of my sermon this morning is, Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your words. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you, Lord, that as we come to the Son this morning, we'll be transformed into his likeness. Nothing is going to remain the same for somebody. In Jesus' precious name and Holy Spirit, we, we appreciate you and we thank you that you will help us understand the word this morning. Come and help us in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. That's right. That's right. We, we want to, you see, that's, that's the actual invitation. The great invitation is indeed an invitation to be with Jesus. Because Jesus says, I'm going to the Father to prepare a place for you, and I will come and take you with me. So the invitation, Jesus is giving you and I an invitation. Jesus is literally saying to you, would you come with me? Would you join me in, he to he in heaven? Would you, would you journey with me? That's the invitation this morning. I'm talking to you specifically. Would you go to Jesus? Are you going to come? Hallelujah. This invitation has been time and time again, you know, passed down to people. And like we saw in the very first week, some people did not respond appropriately to that invitation. And I'm hoping that somebody this morning will respond appropriately. You see, the Bible in the book of Matthew 11:28, 28, the Bible says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is Jesus speaking. And Jesus is telling you and me this morning, come to me, not me, Jesus. He says, come to me. And look at the type of people Jesus is inviting. People who are weary. People who are burdened. Hallelujah. You know, I've been around for a while and I can tell you that we don't like being around people that are weary. We don't like being around people that are burdened. People that have matata on their heads. Nobody wants to be associated with them. You know, the, there is a saying, not the Bible, there is a saying that when days are bad or when days are evil or dark, friends are few. So when you are going through a tough time and you are burdened with challenges and you are burdened with problems, people don't like to associate themselves with you. And that is how friends are. Like you discover your real friends when days go dark. That is the reality and the fact of life. People will disappear on you at the wrong time because your reality has changed. And we have the prodigal son, when he had all the wealth and all the money, he had so many friends. But when the money finished, the Bible says that the friends deserted him. He was left by himself. In fact, he was left now with pigs. The old, even the pigs did not want to associate with him. Hallelujah. But I came to tell you this morning that there is a friend named Jesus who does not mind your problems. He is not intimidated and afraid of your problems. In other words, he does not switch off his phone when you run out of airtime. He does not switch off his, his, switch off his phone when you are sick. Amen. He does not switch off his phone when he hears that you've been retrenched. He says, come to me. Come to me. He is open for people just like you and me. People that have problems. And you know, one day Jesus went to the house of a very wicked man. And people were very shocked. If this man was really the son of God, he would know that he's not supposed to go in that house. And Jesus told them, it is not those that are well that need a doctor. It is those that are sick. 
those that are sick, those that are broke, those that are broken-hearted, those that things are not working for them, they are the ones that go to hospitals. They are the ones that go to see psychologists and psychiatrists. Hallelujah. Jesus is extending an invitation for you this morning, my brother and my sister. He says, come to me. Come to me. Where are you going when you are weary? Where are you going when you are burdened? Who are you turning to? Who is your, who is your, your hook? Hallelujah. Where are you going when things are not going your way? Jesus says, I am the relevant person to come to. I am the right person you should turn to. When you are weary, meaning when you are tired, weariness speaks of tiredness and discouragement. And things are no more working the way you expected. Weary people are people that were running a race, but they, they stop running because the, the, the finishing line keeps going further and further away from them. Weary people are people that are expecting an answer, expecting a good news, but the good news is delayed continuously. And over the course of time, they grow weary. They get tired. I'm talking to somebody this morning that is weary and tired. Somebody that has lost hope. Somebody that has stopped running. Somebody that is so overburdened and you don't know where to go to. Listen to me. Don't go to your boyfriend. He's the wrong person to go to. Don't go to the Sangoma. He's the wrong person to go to. Don't go to the government. That's the wrong place to go to. Go to Jesus. He says, come to me. I don't know a lot of people, including rich people. That will make such an invitation. Because there are a lot of weary people out there. And there are a lot of burdened people. And so if you make such an invitation, you are calling the whole world. <laughs> and that is why it takes God to make such an invitation. And he's saying, come to me. Would you go to Jesus this morning? Would you go to Jesus this morning? Would you go to him? There are many types of burdens that somebody is bearing this morning. Personal challenges that are wearing you down. You see, we all look nice when you see us on the streets. But everybody is carrying burdens. Not a burden. Burdens. Oh, that's the reality. Including that person sitting next to you this morning. They might not show you the burdens, but they are carrying them. And some of us, the burdens are getting, are getting heavier and heavier. And we are getting weary and tired. Because we thought by now we will be relieved. Because we thought by now the burden will be taken off our shoulders. But the burden has persisted. And weariness does not take away the burden. I mean, people are weary and burdened at the same time. You would think that because they are tired, somebody will come and leave the burdens. It just makes them more tired. Family challenges, those are the burdens we are carrying. Family challenges, personal problems, family challenges, uncertainty of the future, generational curses. There are people watching me right now, you are carrying thousands of curses on yourself. They are so heavy. Anything you do never works. Hurts and disappointments, those are burdens. Somebody hurt you a long time ago and they left a wound in your heart and you've been carrying that thing up until now. You've been carrying that thing. Fears and worries, those are burdens. Loans and mortgages, that's a big burden, the burden of loans and mortgages and debts and accounts and repayments. Ooh. The burden of sickness and disease in your body. 
My God, some of us can't even walk properly because there's a burden of sickness that you are carrying. Some people can't sleep at night because of their headaches. It's a burden. It takes away your peace and your joy. The burdens. You see that burden of having to pay back for what you took? It's a burden. It takes away your sleep at night. It takes away your sleep. The burden of losing somebody you loved. Those are burdens that human beings are carrying. Hallelujah. The burden of substance abuse and addiction, addiction to substances. Some people want to quit, but they can't. It has become a burden on them. They can't stop doing it. They know it's hurting them. They know it's destroying them, but they can't stop doing it. The burden of addictions and substance abuse and the burden of sin and condemnation, which is by far the greatest burden a human being can carry. The burden of sin and condemnation. The feeling that you are not good enough, the feeling that God has abandoned you and rejected you. The feeling that you are dirty. That burden, that thing that comes on you because of something you've done. That burden that you are carrying. And no matter how sad you feel, the burden is not going away, you know. Jesus is saying this morning, come to me. Come to me. All you who are weary. And burden. Burden with condemnation. Burden with condemnation that you are not good enough. Burden with condemnation that you committed abortion and God will never forgive you. Burden with condemnation that you have impregnated a girl and nobody knows about it and soon they will know about it and nobody will chase you out of the house. Those burdens, those secrets that we are carrying inside and nobody knows about them. But it's burdening you, you know. It is burdening you that you cheated on somebody and another person is not aware. Is burdening you that you stole the tithe of God all these years. You see, let me tell you something. People who don't tithe don't have peace. Ask them. Ask them, especially when they know the truth. Ask them, they, they don't have peace. Because the same Satan who tempted you to use the tithe comes again and starts now hammering you. You see, you are cursed. You have stolen from God. God with like He's the same devil that comes again on your case. You don't have peace. I mean, let's be honest, you don't have peace. You are pretending, but you don't have peace. Hallelujah. I came this morning with good news for somebody. The great invitation is there is rest. There is rest for you. Jesus says, I will give you rest. You know what that means? It means there is rest in no other person except Jesus Christ. Nobody can give you rest the way God can give you rest. There is a saying that a man, money can buy you a bed, but money cannot buy you sleep. And that thing is very true. Yeah. Your money can buy medication, but your money cannot buy health. It can't. If it could, nobody would die. Your money can buy you a hospital in bed, I mean, in, in the, a bed in the hospital or in the ward, but your money cannot buy your recovery necessarily yeah. your business can can increase and you can have a lot and we pray and I pray that all of you will prosper in the name of Jesus Christ hallelujah but just remember one thing this morning prosperity does not give rest 
it is a blessing but it doesn't give rest it doesn't give rest the Bible says in vain you wake up early in the morning and sleep late at night eating the bread of sorrow there are people who think hard working will give them rest but hard working brings the bread of sorrow it's the bread of sorrow you are eating it's not rest true rest is only found in God you are thinking that maybe if you change boyfriends you will have rest there is no rest in the next boyfriend he will be worse than the previous you are thinking that if you change cities things will get better it is not the change of location that changes things. it is knowing and hearing the voice of God for your life that changes things it is not the change of location you can go around and around. That's why people think, no, let me leave now. Let me go to, to Johannes. Listen, the same demons are waiting for you there. The only thing Satan responds to is not a change of location. It's a change of position in the spirit. When you change your position in the spirit, you activate the power of God no matter where you are. No matter. You can be in the deepest dunk. If you are well positioned in the spirit, you will rise to the highest height. That's why Jesus was born in a manger. But he's today seated far above all principalities and powers. And every power that can be named not only in this world, but even in the ones that is to come. Because he got the proper positioning in the spirit. May you find your proper positioning in the spirit. May you stop looking for rest and help in the wrong places. Jesus says, I am your rest. I am your rest. Come to me and you will find rest. Hallelujah. Amen. And you will believe, you will think that with such an invitation, who will say no to such an invitation? I mean, who will refuse the rest? But I'm surprised that I find in the Bible people that have refused to go to Jesus. <laughs> despise the invitation. It is amazing. That despite such an invitation, there are people who have refused. Please come with me to the book of John, chapter 5, verse 39 to 40. The Bible says, Jesus speaking says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet, there it comes. You refuse to come to me to have life. Lord have mercy. Jesus says, you refuse to come to me. The same Jesus who says in Matthew 11, come to me. In John 5, he, have, he found a group of people who refused to go to him. <laughs> he said, you refuse to come to me to have life. Wow. Is it possible that I can refuse to go to God for help? You know, it sounds surprising to you and me, but that is what we do every day. That is what we do every day. It is not that we don't know that God is powerful. It is not that we don't know that God can help us. It is not that we don't know that God can solve problems, but we deliberately refuse to go to him. It is like that. David says, where does my help comes from? My help comes from the Lord. There are some people who say, no, 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 no. My help comes from the bank. My help comes from my mother. My help comes from my uncle. My help comes from the witch doctor. My help comes from my ancestors, the Badimos. Where does your help come from? Who do you turn to when you are weary and burdened? Where do you find your rest? 
And there is a lady saying right now, if I could just rest on his bosom, oh, if I could just put my head on his chest, I will be at peace. Go and ask Samson. He laid his head on the ties of Delilah. He did not find rest. He found demotion and the piercing of his eyes. It matters where you lay your head. It matters. The Bible says that the, the disciple Jesus loved the most used to lay his head on his bosom. That's the same John I'm talking about here. Where do you lay your head? Some of you watching me right now, you can't wait to lay your head on the breast of that girl. That like you are feeling, ooh, 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 ooh. Look at you. Look at you. That is all you care about. That place between her two boobs, or whatever you call it. Mercy, mercy. There is no rest in that place, my friend. There is no rest there. I know you are thinking there is rest. There is no rest there. There's problems, serious problems waiting for you there. The only rest is found in Jesus. And I pray that this morning, you will come to Jesus. Hallelujah. That, I hope you now understand that most of the people you say rest in peace. It's a mistake. Because if they did not come to Jesus in their lifetime, there's no rest. We saw that three weeks ago with the rich man. There's no rest. Some people that RIP should be, should be turned into trouble, triple T, trouble, trouble, trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mercy, 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 mercy. You refuse to come to me. You refuse to come to me. I want to talk about major reasons why people refuse to go to Jesus. What could lead a person to not go to Jesus? And I want you to look at this carefully as we are closing the service. And I pray that none of these things ever stand on your way of going to Jesus Christ. The first issue, the number one issue where people don't go to God and don't turn to Jesus is unbelief. Unbelief. They doubt God. Hebrews 11, 6, the Bible says, But without faith, it's impossible to place him. Why? For he who comes to God, 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 must, must believe that he is. You must believe. Amen. For you to even come to him, you must believe that he exists. Hallelujah. And that is the reward of those who diligently seek him. That is the first reason why people don't go to God. They don't believe in him. They don't have faith in his ability. And I'm not just talking about unbelievers. I'm even talking about Christians. There are many Christians who are not going to God in this time they are going through. No, 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 no. Their eyes are not on Jesus. Their eyes are on something else because they have lost faith in God. They are not going to God when they are weary and burdened. They are not coming to God. It is happening continuously. That believer seems to not find help in their God anymore. They are turning their eyes elsewhere. They don't believe in him. They don't believe in him. They have joined a group of atheists that say there is no God. Yeah, but you are saying this, but the pastor, no, 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 me. I don't say things like that. I believe that there is a God. You see, the Bible says that faith without action is dead. So if you are saying that you believe in God and your actions continuously contradict that statement, then you don't have faith in God. You are not believing God. 
When the woman with the issue of blood believed, she acted on her faith. She ran behind the pressing and she touched the hem of his garment because she believed that God, Jesus, is my solution. I have tried the surgeons. I have tried the gynecologists. I have tried everybody. Nobody could help me. I believe Jesus is my solution. They believed. Your faith is not what you say. Your faith is what you do. Show me your faith without acts and actions. I will show you my faith by what I do. Hebrews 11 tells us. I mean James 2, I think 16. I will show you my faith by what I do. So don't tell me that I believe in God. Your actions. Your actions. Are you praying to him any longer? Are you seeking him? Are you seeking his word? Do you want, are you patient? Patient is an act of faith. The Bible says that be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Hebrews 6 verse 12. You see that when you have faith, you believe and you trust and you wait. Waiting is an act of faith. Most of the problems I'm listing here that I have listed here, people don't have patience to wait for God to come and help them. As a matter of fact, some of these problems, they see that if I had God, why am I in debt? Yeah. Eh? If, I, if, if God was with me, why am I sick? Just like Gideon asked. So they begin to doubt the very existence of God based on a problem in their life. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they don't go to God. They find other means. You know, we went to a funeral not so long ago. There is a guy who told us something to my face. I was with Shepard Lawrence that was ministering here earlier. And this guy told us, look, guys, I hear you are talking about God. He told us straight to our face. He said, for me, I'm not going to go to God. We said, what? He said, no, I'm not going to God. God is too slow. He told us to our faces. He said, God is too slow. He said, why is it that when I want something, if I go to a Sangoma, I will get it immediately? But when I go to God, I will wait and wait and wait and wait. He told us to our faces. And I said to him, Nah, so you believe that because the Sangoma gives you something faster, he's a good option for you. Why is it that when you want to go to Rustenberg, you don't wake up in the house and you say, I'm in Rustenberg right now. Why do you follow the process of bathing, going to wait for the taxi, and, and allow 45 minutes to pass before you reach Rustenberg? Because you know in every single thing, there is a process. Anything that is happening without a process is a trap, it's a serious trouble coming your way. It's a serious problem. You, you know that for you to pass metric, you need to go to grade one, grade two. You know that, that way you're not having a problem. You're not having a problem waiting on God. On that. You're not having a problem going through the ranks. But when it comes to God, all of a sudden you become impatient. When it comes to God, everything must happen just now like this. This is, this is a lack of faith in God. You are having faith in the educational system. That's why you go through the process. But you now you don't have faith in God. That's why you don't go through the process of building your faith, building your capacity, allowing God to work on your character, change your nature, and prepare you for the elevation and the promotion that he has in store for you. That's why we take shortcuts. That's why we compromise. Because we don't have faith in God. We don't have faith in his word. Abraham waited. God told him at age 75, you shall have a son. It took him 25 years of waiting. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 4 verse 20, and he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. 
but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. I came to tell somebody this morning, put your faith in God, believe in the living God and go to Jesus. Whatever he promised, he has the capacity to fulfill it. Even if things look dark right now, things are not always going to be dark for you, my friend. Stand firm in your faith. Believe in the living God and he will come true for you. He will come true for you. The second reason why people don't go to Jesus is pride. It's simple pride. The Bible says you refuse to come. It's not that there are obstacles stopping you. You are making a decision not to come. And it is pride. It is pride. You will be surprised how proud people are. How proud we are as human beings. When we see where God is and where God wants to help us, we know very well. Many of you watching right now, you know exactly where God wants to help you. And you know true who God wants to help you. But you are too proud to admit it. You are too proud. You are too proud to recognize that God can use a child to bless you. You are too proud to recognize that God can use a woman to bless you. You are too proud. You are judging the source. You are judging the source. Matthew 19 verse 14, the Bible says, But Jesus said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. The kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like children. And you know how children are? Children do anything you tell them to do. They don't judge you. You say bend, they bend. Stand, they stand. Hmm? Are you a child? Or you question everything God is trying to do. God can't lead you anywhere. You have your own agenda. No, Lord, if you're going to bless me, this is not the way. This is not the way. You are getting it off. You are getting off. This is the way. Ah! When will you ever get there? That way. These people refused to come to Jesus and they died in their sins simply because they refused to go to Jesus. They, they made the decision, we know that you have life, but we are not coming there. We are not coming there. Hmm? How many people could be members of ABC today, but they refused? Even though they see where God is blessing them, even though they see where God is speaking to them, but they are refusing to, to comply. They refused. They don't want to be like little children. They want to be in charge. They want to decide. They want to call the shots. Be a child. Be humbled. You know, I learned something about the Zulu people. I heard that when they built their house, they made the door to be so small. You see, inside will be so tall, but the entrance is so low. And I heard that they did it that way so that if you are entering and you are an enemy, while you are still bending, they hit you. <laughs> ah, Chakazulu had sense. The guy had sense. You know, he made the door to be low. And I believe that the door to the kingdom of God, you see, because children are small. So the door to the kingdom of God is a lower door. You have to learn to bend. Don't be unbending. Don't be radical. Don't be so unbending that God can shift you. God can change you. God can ask you to go low. The kingdom of God belongs to the humble. To the humble. To the humble. Only humble people will go to Jesus. Proud people will never go to Jesus. They will never go to Jesus. They never go to Jesus. 
They will say, I know what you know. They say, I know what he's teaching. I know what he's preaching. He's still again on the on the great the great invitation. I'm not going to listen to that. I mean, I'm already saved. What is he talking about? You see, you are proud. It's pride. It's pride. I'm sorry to tell you the truth, but it is what it is. And the Bible says the kingdom of heaven belongs to those that are like children. Do you have any childlike nature? I'm not saying are you childish. You shouldn't be childish, but you should be childlike. There's a difference. Don't be childish, tell your neighbor. But be childlike. Be childlike, not childish. Not childish, be childlike. Hallelujah. Are you enjoying the reasons why people are not coming to Jesus? Let me just give you a few more and then we're going to stop. Another reason, as we have seen, is the issue of religion. Religion. You'll be surprised that the very thing that God sent to help us reach God is the thing Satan is using to keep people away from God. Can I tell you how many religions are accounting for the death of people going to hell every day? That it is because of a religious belief that a person is in hell right now. He says you study the scriptures diligently because you think in them you will find life. You study the scriptures. You'll be surprised that people who are studying books and Christian books and religious books are the very same people who don't want to have anything to do with God. They're the very same people who are calling Jesus just one of the prophets. Religion has taken, that's why Jesus did not bring a religion. He brought a relationship. You see, religion is designed to make you to be proud and to make you to feel like you deserve heaven. And that's why many religious people will not go to heaven. Is there is the reality? Is the reality? You need to admit you are a sinner. Yes, please. It says you you study diligently. They have doctorates, master degrees in theology, but they don't want to come and bow their heads before Jesus and say, "Lord, I give you my life." When you make altar calls, they don't come. They're thinking that they know everything. Hmm? Let me tell you something. Your church is not Jesus. So don't be so connected to your church that you are disconnected from Jesus. You are studying the scriptures in the church, but you don't know Jesus. I saw a cartoon one day of people that were dancing praise and worship. And this, this guy said to the other lady, Yo, this song is so nice. I like this song. It's a very nice song. And, 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 and they, they keep talking about a certain name, Jesus. Who, who's that guy? And the other was, I don't know, but I like the song as well. But I was, they were in the church enjoying the song, a song about Jesus that they never knew about. Your church, including ABC. ABC is no Jesus. It's just a vehicle to Jesus. Never confuse. Don't be a member of ABC and an enemy of Jesus. Hmm? Your pastor is not Jesus. Don't be so attached to your pastor that you miss the real Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm talking to all the members. I'm talking to you. I am not Jesus. So please, I need him myself. I'm going to him every day for my problems. I am not Jesus. I will never say to you, come to me. All you who are. I cannot even start that sentence. Only he is worthy. Hallelujah. Your pastor is not Jesus. That statue in your house that you are worshiping every day is not Jesus. That amulet you are holding to make prayers is not Jesus. 
People are so attached to these things that they forget to connect to the real source of power. Those things are not Jesus. So stop fooling yourself with those things. He says, come to me. Let go. Even your Bible is not Jesus. It's not. That's why Sangomas and these people, which doctors, they use Bibles too. <laughs> All right. Number four, your tradition. Your tradition can stand on the way of you coming to Jesus. Matthew 7 verse 13, the Bible says, and, you, and so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. You cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. Praise the name of Jesus. You know what we say usually in Africa, that Christianity is a wild man's faith. Me, I'm an African. I don't, I don't associate with Jesus. You see your tradition? Your tradition is making you see that, say that Jesus is a wild man's thing. You are not interested in it. Jesus is not a wild man's thing. As a matter of fact, a lot of white people today have abandoned Jesus Christ. Go to Europe and see. Even ask any of them, do you believe in Jesus? They will slap you. They will slap you. If it was a white man thing, they would be on it. It is not their thing. It is a God thing. God so loved the world. Not the white man. The world. Never forget that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Issue number five, as I'm closing. The issue of arguments. I'm telling you things that make people to not go to Jesus. Yeah. One of them is the issue of arguments. And you know what is the argument? The argument is that Jesus cannot be the only way. That's the argument. Acts 4 verse 12, the Bible says, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. That, I mean, the statement is clear. But people have an argument against that statement. That's why they don't come to Jesus. They say, but what about, what about the other group? I mean, there are millions of people that are going to the other side. So you mean to say they are all lost? I am not the one saying. The Bible says so. So because of this argument, some people say, no, no, I'm not going to come to Jesus. I'm, there are many roads leads to Rome. There are many roads to heaven, you know. There are not many roads to heaven. <laughs> John 14 verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. <laughs> no one comes to the Father except through me. Arrest the case right there. So if you don't come to Jesus, you will never see the Father. It's just how it is. Oh, do you know, Pastor, me, I love God, but me, I, don't, I prefer Allah, Muhammad. I prefer Buddha. If you don't use the way of Jesus Christ, you will be lost forever. I'm saying this respectfully to you. Choose Jesus. Choose Jesus. Tell your neighbor, choose Jesus now. Choose Jesus now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then another issue that people have that causes them to not come to Jesus is the issue of excuses which is an issue, an issue that we dealt with on the first week. Yes, Luke 14, 18 says, and they all began making excuses. One said, I have bought a field. I must go and inspect it. Please excuse me. Now, let me ask you a question. So you have time to go and inspect the field, but you don't have time to come for the party of Jesus because it is the same time. Wherever you're going to be, you're going to use time. 
So your priorities is that you prioritize your studies more than Jesus. You prioritize your personal life more than Jesus. You prioritize your marriage more than Jesus. You prioritize your business more than Because the same time you are saying you don't have time to come to God, you are using that time to do something else. It is not that you are using the same time. You are using the same time. So excuses, one of the major reasons why people don't come to is excuses. That is exactly what it is. It's not reasons, it's excuses. It's excuses. Mm. And the last one is the issue of standards. Hallelujah. <laughs> the issue of what? Standards. Standards. You see, Matthew 16 verse 24, the Bible says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. It's a high standard. Do you understand? It's a what? High standard. And the news this morning is that Jesus will never lower that standard for anybody under heaven. Jesus will not say to me, come to me, deny yourself. And the other one is, oh no, I know you like yourself too much. Okay, so just come. Don't, don't deny yourself too much. No, no, no. The standard is the same for everybody. But because people don't want to deny themselves, they don't come to Jesus. He says, if you want to come after me, deny yourself. Take up your cross. People don't want to go through some suffering. Let me tell you the truth. Christianity is not a small journey. It's hard. I'm telling you the truth before you start so that you know that somebody told you the truth. There is nothing easy about Christianity. It is a journey of the cross. It is because many of you are told that Christianity is easy. When you get in it, you find the cross, you start backsliding. Jesus will never lower the standard for anybody. Christianity is not a journey of people who don't know where they are going. There is a cross to carry. And it's not easy to carry a cross. It's not easy to deny yourself. And it's because people don't want to deny themselves. People don't want to carry their cross. People don't want to follow anybody. That's why they don't come to Jesus. Because they know that God is they coming to Jesus will require change. Coming to Jesus will require repentance. There are so many people are in the church, but they are not with Jesus. Do you know how I know this? It's because their lifestyle is not changing. They are the same people. They are coming to Jesus with conditions. Unfortunately, the standards will never be lowered for you. What Jesus meant 2,000 years ago, he's still saying the same thing today. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. And somebody is saying, but pastor, that's exactly why I don't want this thing that you guys are talking about because it's too hard. Listen to me, my brother. It's far harder to disobey God than it is to obey God. If you don't believe me, ask Adam and Eve. Satan told them, God is denying you something good. When they disobey, the calamity that fell on them was worse than when they were just obeying God. You think it's difficult to obey God? Try disobeying God and come and tell me. You think it's, it's difficult to follow Jesus? Try following the devil and come and tell me. Come and tell me. 
That's why he says the same book of Matthew 11, 20, 28. I mean, the verse 30 says, I, you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus also has a yoke <laughs> and he has a burden, which is the cross. But it is far easier to carry the cross than to carry the problems that Satan wants to dump on you. I'm talking to you this morning. I wish I could tell you, come to Jesus, everything is going to change in a minute. He will take away the burdens of Satan, but he's going to give you his yoke and his burden. But the difference is that his burden is far lighter and his yoke is far easier. That's the true gospel I'm giving you now. Not empty promises. That's the true gospel. The true gospel is that if you come to Jesus, he will give you rest for your soul because he's going to give you a burden that does not burden your soul, but that energizes and empowers your soul. Yeah. I can never sit, stand here this morning and tell you that it has been the easiest journey following Jesus. It's not easy. It is not. Anybody speaking like that is not following Jesus. I can tell you that right now. Anybody that says, that, no, you know, ever since I met the Lord, it's been heaven on earth. Then you are still in heaven. You will come down to earth just now. You will come down to earth. It's not a, he says himself, in this life, you will have many tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Christianity is a journey of overcomers. The Bible calls us more than conquerors. Why? We are conquering challenges every single day. That is why we are here. It's not a journey of people who have never fought a battle. It's a journey of people that have faced challenges. They are like Apostle Paul. He said, I have, run, I have run the race. Hallelujah. Do you think it's easy to run a race? Ask any runner. They will tell you the time it takes and the energy it takes. He said, I have fought the good fight of faith. My prayer is that one day, you will be able to say like Jesus, I have run the race. I have fought the good fight of faith. I have kept my faith. Hallelujah. I did not give up in the middle. I did not get discouraged and abandon the journey. I continue till eternal life. Hallelujah. Many of you, I will see you in heaven in the name of Jesus. Many of you who will meet each other in heaven. And they say, brother, we made it. Sister, we made it. We are here in the great invitation. We're going to see the Lord Jesus just now. Ooh! Hallelujah. 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 I must see you in heaven. That the person next to you. We must see each other in heaven for the great invitation. The great invitation. Let nothing be more important to you than that invitation. Fight any fight you have to fight. If you don't have to get married, don't marry. If that is what it's going to take. Whatever it takes, do it. But I must see you at the great invitation. Hallelujah. Everybody everywhere, stand on your feet, everybody please. And begin to thank God for this service. And what he has done for you from the moment we started in August until this last Sunday. Everybody everywhere, open your mouth and begin to thank God right now. Father, thank you for this service you have sent to us. Thank you that you are inviting us into fellowship with you. You are inviting each one of us today. You are saying, come to me. Come to me. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Yes, Jesus. We are coming to you today. We are coming to you today. We are coming to you today. There is rest in you. Thank you, Father. 
thank you, Jesus. Lile Mandola Palade Galabadabadabadaba. Everybody in every swim, I raise your hands to the heavens and worship God right now. That He loves you so much. If it was not easy for Jesus, don't expect it to be that easy for you. But because Jesus overcame, you too shall overcome. We shall come out of this stronger, wiser, better by the Spirit of God. Lele Mando Palade Galabadabas. Je prende Kaduka Pade la Veda. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Right now, before I close this series, I want somebody to come to Jesus. I'm talking to you. Would you come to Jesus? Will you accept him as your personal Lord and Savior? Last week, we learned that it's simply ABC. Accept you are a sinner. Believe in Jesus. Believe that he died for your sins. And confess him as your Lord and Savior. Anybody watching me right now, you are saying, Pastor, I have heard the word. I want to come to Jesus. I understand it's not an easy journey, but it's a better journey. It's a far better journey. Somebody is receiving freedom right now that is watching me. You are about to give up on God, but God sent me to say, don't give up on me yet because I will never give up on you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That word is for somebody watching me right now. That's what it is for somebody. Don't give up on God because God is not ready to give up on you. Don't give up on God yet. Now, if you are saying yes, to Jesus. I'm, on, I'm going to pray for people that are saying, I want to give my life to Jesus this morning. I'm tired of going around. I want to go to the source of help. If that is you, you want to give your heart to Jesus. You want to come to Jesus today. I'm not saying come to the church. I'm not saying come to the pastor. I'm saying come to Jesus, the Son of the living God. If that is you, at the count of three, please raise your right hand high so I can pray with you. One, two, Three, raise your hand. Yes, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. You can take your hands down. Now, if you are also watching and you already gave your life to Jesus maybe a few weeks ago, but you didn't know what you know today and you feel the need to come back to Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to give you a chance. You are saying, Pastor, I've already given my life to Jesus, but I'm not living in sin. I want to come back to my Savior. That is for you. At the count of three, raise your right hand. One, two, three. Raise it up. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can take your hands down. Now, all of you that raise your hands, I want you to raise now your two hands to the Lord. Everybody, raise your two hands to the Lord. And we're going to pray together. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm coming to you today. Forgive me my sins. I'm a sinner. I need your help. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. Just for me. On the third day, you rose again that I might be justified. Right now, you have forgiven my sin. You have washed me with your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm a born again person. I am free from the power of Satan and the power of sin to serve the living God. Lord Jesus, I come to you. Please accept me. Wash me. Cleanse me in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for receiving me. Thank 
thank you, Lord, for restoring me. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.